0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Elie Wiesel, a Holocaust survivor, said, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Sid Fleischman in his book The Entertainer and the Debook says, I remember as a child of eight being told by a friend that I had killed Christ. That was news to me. It's a common experience for the Jewish young. Should later generations of Germans be burdened with the guilt arising from the profound inhumanity of their ancestors? Revenge may be sweet, but guilt is non-transferable. Still, hatreds survive with the persistence of cockroaches. It may be 74 years on, but still, there is an incomprehensibility about the whole thing. The scale of the destruction, the cold clinical nature of it all. If you ever get The chance to read the minutes of the Van Zay Conference of 1942, which organised the final solution. The language is cold, it's clinical, there is it is bereft of emotion, and it sets in chain what can only be described as hell. How do we comprehend evil? Because the trouble is we don't by and large. We like to find ways of demonizing individuals, so Amira Hindley we will have on the front pages of of our tabloid press, and we demonize somebody like that. We ascribe things off to hobgoblins and foul fiends at, at the first opportunity. I remember a few years back I was in South Africa um, uh, on an exchange program with the Methodist Church there and we went to see a children's home where this is out in a very rural part of South Africa um, and a lot of the people there still believed in demon possession uh, and witchcraft and so on and if they had a child that we were diagnosed with epilepsy they deemed that as demon possession. And, would either hang their child or or pour boiling water onto their child to exorcise the demons. Horrific. And yet born entirely out of ignorance. We can't comprehend evil. Hannah Arendt, who observed Adolf Eichmann, one of the main architects of, of the Holocaust, looked at this weaselly, pathetic little man... And she talked instead of the banality of evil. How else can you describe him, a man who did what he did of ensuring that the railways ran on time and that everything was nicely coordinated and that the poisons were there waiting for the gas chambers at the other end? How can we comprehend the evil? And we run the risk of just assuming that that was all then and it was another country and we we try and distance ourselves from it. And yet, actually, we aren't learning the lessons, particularly in this country. Levels of hate crime have been rising every single year over the past ten years. In the Independent from July of last year... There was a report on the rising level of anti-Semitic attacks in our country. Uh, So just in the first six months of 2018, more than 100 anti-Semitic incidents are being recorded every month. Children as young as 11 have been physically attacked. Graffiti has been daubed on homes and synagogues. The uh, Community Security Trust counted the second highest number of incidents on record between January and June of 2018. Their chief executive said, this anti-Semitism is not a random event. It reflects the state of British politics and wider society. Of the 727 incidents recorded, three quarters were categorised as abuse, hate mail and social media posts. There were 59 violent assaults, 53 direct threats, 43 incidents of damage and desecration of Jewish property, including gravestones, And in May, an 11-year-old schoolboy was physically attacked in Sussex in the wake of sustained abuse by other children who were shouting death to all Jews. The incomprehensibility of evil, and yet we see marks of it in our own society. Is evil incomprehensible? Well, we know what it looks like. It looks like gas chambers. It looks like disfigured faces after an attack. It looks like people sleeping out on our streets. It looks like the one million people in Rwanda who were killed by machete, not by poison gas. Edinburgh, his concept that the only thing for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Well, I think we need to take that further. It's that we, those of us who profess to be good people, need to ensure that we are active. We can't leave it off for other people. And nor is it good enough for for us to, to say, well, I haven't done anything wrong myself. I'm going to remain pure and detached from whatever that crime, that horror is and that therefore it's nothing to do with me. We can't endeavour to be saintly while there is such horrors going on. The obligation on those of us who profess Christ is that we need to be actively confronting that which is evil. To remember that when they were killing the Jews, they were forgetting that Jesus himself was a Jew. We need to remember the church's complicity in those actions. Of those priests in Germany who willingly gave to the authorities the records including the number of Jews within their own parishes. Paul's letter to the Corinthians and that passage from chapter 12 he talks about the way that the body of Christ is inextricably bound up together that we have to rely on one another that to form community in whatever way we want to form community it has to be by mutual recognition and respect and value of everyone even those who are the weak and the most vulnerable. Zygmunt Bauman, the sociologist, talked of society as being like a bridge. It is only as strong as its most vulnerable part. Our futures are bound up together. We can't just leave some and abandon them, but rather we need to encompass them into the whole of our community. And in our Gospel reading for today, where Jesus takes the scroll and reads from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61, in that reading, it's not just the body of Christ, it's not just the Messiah who has that mission statement sent by the Lord Am I, but rather it is there as a communal mission statement, he sent me to give the good news to the poor, tell prisoners they are prisoners, anymore, tell blind people that they can see and set the downtrodden free. That isn't just for the Messiah in Isaiah 61. It is there for all of the people. It is a corporate responsibility. It is something we are all obligated to do. How many times do we say when We read of suffering or we'll send our thoughts and our prayers. Evil must be confronted. It must be faced down every single time. Desmond Tutu talks about the the idea of Christian faith for so many people being where you're standing at the edge of a river and you see somebody floundering in the river and you reach in and you grab them out to save them. And then you see another person come downstream, and they're flapping around and flailing in the river. And you reach in and you grab them out, and then another, and another, and another. And he says that at some points the Christian might need to, rather than keep reaching into the river, it might be an idea if they go upstream and find the dangerous clown who keeps throwing people into the river in the first place. Evil must be confronted. And we have ended up in our own society where, frankly, I think we are on the verge of a moral crisis. A creeping level of racism and cynicism, of disrespect for for those who are vulnerable within our own society. The contempt with which our media treats those who are vulnerable, of those who are different, those who are other. Genocide does not happen overnight. It is a gradual process that begins the moment that respect stops. So we might say it's inconceivable that genocide could happen here in the UK. But there are those small acts that we see, those small acts of prejudice that I've just read about. That level of fear of cynicism can start to translate itself into grievances and actions of hatred, a process that starts with name-calling and labelling can soon become something more sinister. Our communities are made up of individuals from many different backgrounds. Our communities may originally have been defined by geography, but now they are as much defined by our interests, our cultural activities, or by our faith. It is beholden on us to actively continue to forge those links with those who are different from us, to be a place of welcome and solace and true Christian hospitality but also it is beholden on us to challenge the racism endemic within our society, to challenge that cynicism and fear and mistrust wherever we see it. Yehuda Bauer, thou shalt not be a victim, thou shalt not be a perpetrator, but above all, thou shalt not be a bystander. As Aileen Wiesel said, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. And silence encourages the tormentor and never the tormented. He also said this. For the dead and the living, we must bear witness. So my prayer for us this Holocaust Memorial Day is that we think about how we can forge better links with other communities across Canterbury, but also how we can have the strength and the courage we need to truly profess Christ by not being silent in the face of injustice and evil. May God give us that strength and courage this day and forevermore. Amen.